Welcome back to the Frizz and the Grease podcast with your hosts, Prudo and D. Hello and welcome back to Frizz and the Grizz. It's your boy Trudeau. As always, joined my friend and co-host D Frizzy himself. What's up, buddy? What a do, baby. How's your Monday? Uh good man. I actually before I came in here, uh did a little snow blowing. Did you do you have the pleasure <laughs> of uh like I know you're you're living in North Carolina now. Did you have the pleasure of ever being like a full ass adult um up where you know the northeast where it when it snows? Yes, so I I definitely had a snowblower. Okay, um, I I had to deal with that shit for at least three winters. Uh, I don't think it snowed a lot like the first. Actually, no, I lied. Every winter that we had a house, okay. every single one. Because I, I wanted to ask you, like, is there a better like I don't know, maybe I'm just like an old man, but is there a better feeling in the world than getting that snowblower out and just owning some snow, mowing the lawn? Ooh, that's a close. That's good. That's good <laughs> yes. actually. That is probably if there is an adult pleasure when it comes to like just stuff that you do for your house, I would say mowing the lawn might be number one. And then like maybe painting outside. Dog, like not, painting sucks. Not, Get not, out of here with not that. Not major painting, not like interior walls. I'm talking like outside. Like you want to paint like a, a uh, exterior door. Okay. Or, or like a deck. Yeah. Like something you. that doesn't involve walls because walls sucks. Cutting yeah. in is terrible, but like painting outside of the house, I think those are actually really common and like fun adult pleasures outside of the, like, uh, the house. The lawnmower thing is only true if you have the riding mower because then you're just a badass with a beer just chilling That's- on the lawnmower. The number one goal when obviously when me and the missus were like, all right, we're going to buy a house. I was like, I'm getting a John Deere. I will get a, a ride on lawnmower. This is going to be super deep and no one watching or listening is going to get this. But you know who I think of when I think of riding mowers? Adam Houghton. Fucking Adam Houghton. You knew it, baby. Yeah, that, we're on the same page. Yeah. If there was a ping, that'd be it for I just think of Forrest Gump. Right, you just think of like you know Forrest with his old school Alabama, and just substitute Forrest for Adam Houghton. All right, get me started off right, and get the audience started off right. So first questions first, and are we going passion fruit or watermelon breeze to start the show? A hundred percent watermelon. Anything that involves watermelon, you got to pick. That Amen. First. All right, and start the people off right. Happy fucking Monday. Mm. All right. I guess. That's probably better than the horns. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think the, the crack uh, you know of the beer got is you. better. <laughs> All right. Well, we got a good show for you guys today. Thank you for watching live. It's, I, we see you guys out there watching. Appreciate it. As always, uh, remember, if you're listening on podcast or if live, um, check out the podcast, rate, subscribe, review, do all that fun stuff. Um, lots of NFL stuff today. Um, we, I think both of us were pretty locked into the NFL slate as far as you know, see who's going to get to the championship games. Uh, Frizz's five, a good one. Uh, we, we collaborate a little bit on this one. It's still his five, but I have a list of my own. Um, c- can I just give a little teaser? I'm not giving you any of them. You could give the teaser if you want as to what it might be involving, but I'm not saying anything about any of all them. All right, all right. It was inspired by an altercation that took place between Shannon Sharp and the lost, um, I'm sorry, and the Memphis Grizzlies. So we'll just leave it at that. Uh, that's the first five topic. And then we're going to do a little NBA stuff. We want to talk about maybe some futures betting. Um, and kind of like at this point, what do we, who do we think is actually legit contenders? Uh, before we get into the sports stuff, you got anything else we want to cap off for today? Uh, I think we're good because I really don't want to talk about anything besides sports. So let's go. 
All right. I don't know the best way to approach this, but I think like we did last week, I kind of want to go game by game. Maybe we'll just mm-hmm. rally tat tat because I feel like last week we got like way too caught up on the first two games and then never talked about anything else. Uh, Jags and Chiefs. So admittedly, uh, I watched none of this game. So my analysis is going to be jack shit, but you watched the whole thing. I was out to dinner. Mm-hmm. I could not watch it. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, uh, I would say a controlled game. Granted, you look at the score and you see 27-20 and you're just like, oh, like the, the Jaguars had a chance, I guess. But like it was more of one of those like controlled style football games. And this is with an injured Pat Mahomes. So Mahomes got hurt. I want to say it was second quarter, but like early second quarter, uh, high ankle sprain. It did not look good. It was one of those. Oh, my God, he broke something. Um, the way he got pulled back, you know, horse collar style tackle for a quarterback. Guy landed on his leg. It didn't look good. Um, the part that kind of put the game into perspective of, all right, the Chiefs are going to control this, is when Chad Henney came in and drove them right down the field, 98 yards for a touchdown. And it's like, then you could just see the superiority of the teams, right? Like the difference between K- Kansas City and Jacksonville. Jacksonville is going to be a good team, somebody that you want to, you know, you don't want to mess with in the playoffs, but. You know, KC is KC, and even their backup quarterback is with the talent that they have offensively and defensively is still going to show their, I guess, superiority. Is it me, or was I the only one to found out that Chad Henney played for the Chiefs on Saturday? Definitely you, because this exact situation happened in the playoffs two years ago. It was either two years ago or last year where Mahomes got hurt again, um, and Henney came in and game-winning drive, like he had the first down to Tyreek Hill, on like fourth and three. So like he, he's not, I'm not gonna say meant for the big moment, but like he's probably the best backup quarterback in the NFL. He also has Andy Reid play calling for him. So like it does help that, you know, substantially. Yeah. I mean, impressive drive, 98 yards by Chad Henney. I I'm really just not super interested in, in the, in the Jags perspective, but I'm actually more curious what you feel about Mahomes going forward, because they have a really tough task next week in the Bengals. And, uh, high ankle sprains, no joke. I did some research uh, before the show to kind of like figure out has this injury happened to quarterbacks in the recent years. I've th- well, first of all, Cleveland Clinic, right? It's like a rep- reputable medical place. Um, their estimated recovery time, like for a normal person, is six to eight weeks. So it's given you some perspective. But there are three quarterbacks in the past three years that have had high ankle sprains, and like it's they've had the worst one, the grade three, which I'm guessing was what Mahomes has. Mm-hmm. Um, this recent year, if you're a Patriots fan, you remember Mac Jones missed three weeks with this, with a similar injury, a high ankle sprain. Um, and even when he came back, they kind of limited his reps in that bears game. Uh, Jalen hurts last year is actually the, the most pro- optimistic projection. Uh, so in 2021, he missed one game with the same ankle sprain. And then in 2020, Jimmy G missed two, two games. Here's a kicker. He came back after two games immediately hurt the ankle and missed the rest of the season. Um, so I know for a fact, like they will get Mahomes out there this week, but it just seems like a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. So he's going to be souped up on the best drugs Tordal. in the history of the NFL. So, so much stuff. Uh, but with it being ankle bone injuries, like you still feel it, right? Even if you have, something that's show you know you're taking something and it's wrapped up like you're still going to feel that every time you plant so like it's it's going to impact the way that he plays the game he's going to have some sort of limp uh, limp uh, i like the comparison with the jalen hurts because jalen hurts is a little bit more mobile obviously than mahomes 
And there were a few things that you could see that like, obviously in the heat of the moment with adrenaline, like he's, he's not going to make the best of throws obviously off of that injury. But what, what can we just, can we just cut to the chase? This isn't an adrenaline thing that got him through the game. He was, he was souped up on so many drugs coming out of that locker room. Right. But I'm saying you still, as an athlete, you, you're still built up on adrenaline, adrenaline okay, okay. to get out there and just, I'm not saying that they didn't shoot him up. Right. Oh, so That's much. not what I meant. I didn't hear. Yeah. Give me on the field coach. No, they brought him in the locker room. They stuck him with something. They wrapped him and they put him out there. Uh, what I'm saying is he's, he's still going to try to not rely on that uh, ability, right? Not, his mobility. He's not going to try to run as much. He did limp for a first down in, in, in the game, but his throws, that's what's going to really impact him because when he's supposed to be accurate and he has to push off or land on, there was a couple of passes. You can see he had Kelsey wide open and he overthrew him. That's because your balance isn't there, right, as a quarterback. And, like, that's how you get those high throws. Hendricks and them boys out of out of Cincinnati, they're going to cause problems. So, like, he, you might be able to dink and dunk, but we're not going to see those explosive plays down the field with them. Yeah, the, sh- the shitty thing for him is it's his right ankle which is he's a right-handed quarterback, so he's going to be planting on that on that foot the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, I did do a little look-ahead to see like what the weather forecast would be like because they're playing in Kansas City. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing he would have wished he'd be in a dome next, this week. Like If they had that neutral site game, they'd be pretty pumped. But obviously with, with an ankle that's kind of unstable, you want to have some sort of solid ground. Kansas City has you know a typical grass, grass turf. Yeah. Um, it's like 23 degrees high for that day currently and like a 50% chance of participation precipitation. Um, so if, I mean, if they get any sort of like water or wetness in that field and the field is not as solid as it can be, he's going to have problems planting. And as far as mobility is concerned, one of his greatest abilities is getting out of the pocket and keeping plays alive. And he's almost going to be a sitting duck out there unless he is miraculously has some sort of recovery and he's all souped up on drugs where he doesn't feel anything. But even then, I mean, listen, I've sprained my ankle so many times. <laughs> I'm an unathletic white guy who likes to play basketball. And you know, like you see basketball players, they go up and like they do that awkward sideways layup, but they, they always fall down to brace their body. I like to fall and land on my, my ankle and my knee all, or all the time. <laughs> Uh, you can kind of play through it that day. You got that adrenaline, like you said, but after you're sitting for a couple of days, that thing is going to swell up like a grapefruit. That's the bigger part. Um, I, cause I had talked about it with, you know, a couple of guys offline, um, via text message and it's like, he's going to get through this just because that's what football players do. Like essentially athletes, they, they can play that game. It's after they, I mean, they didn't have to get on a flight, thankfully, but like it's after he goes and sits after you take off your boot, right. And you take off of tape that everything is just going to swell up and that, you know, a typical walk from the locker room to the bathroom, like that's going to hurt. So like, that's where it's going to be a huge thing for him. I know that they can drain ankles, you know, like the, 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 the swelling uh, outside of the, around the bone. so like, I'm not a doctor by any means, but like, we've all had these style of injuries. There will be some things that they'll do to get him on the field. He's just not going to be a hundred percent. I'll still take a 50% Mahomes over 100% Henny. Like, that's just how the game is going to happen. It's just tough that it's the AFC Championship and, it, and he's going to be hurt for it. Yeah, and they're playing a really, really good team. Um, I Like, outside of the actual play, I would be kind of concerned as the Chiefs. Like, you have him locked up for many, many years. And we saw, we I went down the list of guys with a similar injury. And Jimmy G came back and played in that immediate first game back. He messed up his ankle so bad he needed to take it, like, he was out for the season. I just hope that they don't fuck around and find out with this ankle and he gets hurt in that game, right? Because like we all love watching him play. I understand the desire to get him out in the field, but 
you might screw up your organization going forward if you don't manage him correctly. I think they'll be okay. Um, I think Jimmy G is a a glass house. Um, yeah, that's to fair. say, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't relate those. I mean, look at Jalen Hurts, right? Like I would I would say he's more towards the ladder built wise of a Jalen Hurts than Jimmy Garoppolo, and I don't think. I don't think Mahomes would be dumb enough to go out there and put himself in more risk. I think he's a smarter quarterback that knows, all right, I can either try to get this first down with my 6'4", 230 you know, pound frame, so, or I can slide and we got to we gotta rely on somebody else. And he's going to be on the ladder. He's going to you know, try to take unnecessary hits. Uh, but it's still going to change the way he plays, right? It's, it's going to change the way he throws. We love to see him scramble right, toss it left, flick of the wrist, jump passes, right? Because he, he did it in the game before he got hurt. He's not going to be able to do that type of stuff. Uh, so we'll see how it actually turns out. I think a, a, a huge factor for this, and granted, we know the Jags defense isn't like world beaters, but they're still they're pretty gone. good. They're good, yeah. Yeah. Something that like to take away, even with the Mahomes injury, is their rushing game. Isaiah rushing Pacheco, game, huh? Yeah, Pacheco showed up, you know, 95 off of 12, and, and Jarek McKinnon granted two here, three here, two here, three here. Like that, that works out. And, you know, for as a team to get over 140, uh, you know, on the ground and a playoff home game, that's huge. So I, I'm not going to say, like, I think that KC's out. I think they can't win. No, I, I think that they have to do things that they're not going to be used to, which is rely on the running game or short passes and hope, you know, someone like a um, who's the, the big Kadarius Tony uh, can, you know, make a big play. Travis Kelsey, you know, we know he's made for the big play. If you catch it 10 yards, he can take it 80. So, like, that's what they're going to have to rely on compared to Patrick Mahomes go back, three-step drop, 10 yards, and then you make a play. It's like, we got to see you guys make plays between the line of scrimmage and five. Yeah, I like Pacheco. Uh, you know, Clyde Edwards-Elair, like, he came out of LSU with – was he, he was the LSU kid, right? Yeah, with, yep. with all his hype. And he, he's not – he's more of a finesse guy. And Pacheco will just punch you in the mouth all game. And I think there's, we'll talk about it more when we talk about the Giants-Eagles, but I think there's something, I, I don't like, intangible about being able to run down someone's throat and punch someone in the mouth over and over again. And I, I like Pacheco for them. Um, I just, I have a, do you have anything else in the game? Because I just have a, like a theory, like a hypothetical question for you. No, you're good. Uh, the Pacheco thing is just something I wanted to touch on. Just yeah. Because, again, that's a 5-11-2-10 back in the KC offense that's usually spread them out. But they were like, no. We got an injured quarterback. We're going to run it down your throat. And they were able to actually control the line of scrimmage with it. So who's to say that they can't do that against Cincinnati? It's just, you know, it is it fool's gold or is it something that they can continue running with, right? Yeah. Like their pun or whatnot. Well, the, the Ravens gave Cincinnati a run for their money, and that's a team that will punch you in the face and run it down your throat. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's kind of the uh, secret recipe for, for taking on the Bengals. Um, just hypothetically, though, like let's say the Chiefs, lose against the Bengals, right? I was thinking about this today. We've been talking about the Chiefs like the past six, five years as being like this, the team with, with the guy. Like they have the Michael Jordan of quarterbacks, like he, the guy in the game. If they lose again this year, like do you consider the Chiefs a disappointment? One Super Bowl in, in all this time of being the, the team? Because at this point, it's like you should have like been, went one more. It, it feels like. Yeah, so... Yes, and only because of how last year went. Last year they were up against Cincinnati, and Kate and, and Cincinnati came back right. Like they were up in the second half, so you can say they kind of blew that game. But making four or was this five straight AFC championships? Like any given Sunday can happen, right? Like you can yeah. get beat. So like I'm not gonna hold a team in the NFL. 
accountable for making it to the AFC or the NFC championship and you still got a Super Bowl out of it, what we can't fall victim to, and which we will because, unfortunately, he set the precedent for it, is they need to win four, five, six championships. That shit not does one, not happen. Not two. Yeah, like... Not three. <laughs> yeah, like, it does not happen. So, like, I'm not going to say he's full Aaron Rodgers because that is a disappointment. When you are that good for that type of team for that long, that's different than this window that they're in four to five, six years, and they get a Super Bowl out of it. I'm not ready to say that it's a disappointment yet because, like, it's not like they're going in and then they're just shit in the bed. Like, they, they got beat by Ken, by uh, Cincinnati, and then they got beat by Tom Brady. So it's like, think about the teams that they're losing to yeah. when they're losing to them compared to just the Packers losing to the fucking Giants, right, in the divisional round. That's a big difference. Well, the only reason I bring that up is because they have the best quarterback, right, mm-hmm. the best tight end now, maybe like top one or two in the past five years, arguably the best wide receiver in Tyree Kill. I mean, we saw how good he is with the Dolphins. And a coach that's regarded as an offensive guru, like, and to only win one, and you have on the flip side of things, you're the guy you're being compared to, not now, but in the past, was as Tom Brady as the number one quarterback. They've won countless Super Bowls in New England, so I don't know. It just it seems like it's it should have brought more, you know, brought more success at this point. I don't want to get caught up in that topic. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, talk about Isaiah Pacheco and run through someone's face. I feel like this game would have made Marshawn Lynch proud. Giants versus <laughs> Eagles. Because he likes to My run through a motherfucker's God. face. And good God, I mean, I it, it felt like watching the the varsity team scrimmage the JV, the Giants and Eagles. So I won't lie to you. This was a game that I didn't pay as much attention okay. to because... It was just like by the time I looked at it and saw like the way the game was going, I was like, this is just this is going to be an absolute massacre. Like a team that just continuously says hike takes two steps and hands the ball off to someone and they get four yards, five yards, four yards. Yeah, it it is draining to it's great as a football fan. If you actually play the game, you love it because like they're just beating the shit out of this team. They can't stop it. But, like, as a defense, you're just like, I'm sick of this. <laughs> Can you throw the ball? And they're okay. like, all right, here's a first down. So, like, it's I, – I love to see this. You know, I and I'm a big fan of, obviously, Jalen Hurts. So, I'm going to go the route of, like, this is what I need from him, right, to continue making his team very successful. But at the end of the day, man, what did we see? 260 on the ground? Yeah, 260 plus. In a defense that said – we're going to just shut you. We're sick of everything with Danny Dimes. We're sick of Saquon Barkley. We're going to shut both of you down. And they did. So interestingly enough, this is the game I watched the most of over the weekend. Because I, I I was just fascinated by, by how the Eagles were running their offense. The thing is, like you said, they got 260 or something on the ground. And it was none of the none of those rushing yards were like big gashes of 40 yards, just 50 one. yards. Just one. Just one, okay. Gainwell, but that was in the fourth quarter. It was like putting the okay. game away. Okay, I, I I checked out by then. Um, <laughs> so like the majority of these rushes were just five, seven, six. And the crazy thing is, like usually if you run the ball a lot, you're going to get a lot of these one yards, no gains. Then a six, a two, a three, a seven. No, it was just consistent. Seven, six, eight, seven, six, eight. They had no answer and. The, the Eagles weren't even running a complex offense. 
it looked like they were running just the same play over and over again, <laughs> left, right, left, right, to the just switching sides. Um, I I have a tough time evaluating this because I I personally think the Eagles are head and shoulders like the best offensive line of the game, one of the best rosters in the game. Like they're a great built team. On the flip side, though, we talked about it all year. We think the Giants are kind of fraudulent. So I don't know how much stock to put into this. It'll be interesting to see what they can do against a legitimate defense in the 49ers, a defense that's considered the best in the NFL next week. Um, you know, one thing I was curious about, and I want to get your opinion, is, you know, we we did not see Jalen Hurts for the past couple, last couple weeks of the season. He came back, I think, in week 17 to play. Um, we don't know what the status of his shoulder is, right? And this game didn't really show us much because they didn't ask Jalen Hurts to take a lot of hits, right? Um, I'm looking at his stat line right now. He only he threw 24 times, which is pretty good. Only nine rushes for 34 yards. So they didn't ask him to do a lot. You know, I, I he didn't really get to show he's fully healthy. He did take one hit in the red zone. But outside of that, it was a lot of just like, hey, I'm going to duck out of balance. I'm going to give myself up. So I don't know what his status is. And I, I'll let you get in. But then just one last thing about the Jalen Hurts thing. So... Uh, you know the Eagles are really good with their RPOs. That's kind of like their bread and butter as far as their run game. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they were thinking for the Giants because they would try to stop Jalen Hurts every time or they would just kind of get confused. And, you know, what's the worst thing if you're a defender playing the option? What's the worst thing to do? I'd be stuck in the mud. So many times the DN got stuck in the mud and didn't make a decision. I would just bear down and beat the shit of Jalen Hurts. I don't, I'm not advocating violence against people, but like, if you know the guy is hurt, I don't care. Cover the running back and just bear down and beat the shit out of Jalen Hurts every time. Give him the five yards, but just knock him to to, to pieces because you know, he's got our injured shoulder. Why are you just letting him getting free rushing yards every time and not, not making him pay for it? So that was the take that the so-called experts, you know, on I did not know that works. No, no, not you, not you. I'm not, I'm not taking a shot at you. I'm just saying that was the take that, you know, experts online or experts on TV that actually brought up like, oh, let's test them, right? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna test this look. And then Jalen Hurts said, go ahead and try. Because what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put you, I'm gonna put your best decision maker in the worst possible situations, meaning like Riddick on the outside, Thibodeau, which is really good. Like we saw them make plays throughout the season on defense, and then they're like, here's a fake, here's a give, here's a fake. Here's the give. So now they're thinking, right? And it's just like once they're thinking, the offense is already won because you they have the they know where the play is going. Defense doesn't. So no, what what I'm saying is like when you're that defensive end and you have to make the decision by taking the quarterback or am I taking the running back? Coach them up to say every time, just go for the running back. We'll live with Jalen Hurts trying to get his yards, but he will make him pay every time. Like just make that make the conscious decision to force him to keep the ball, commit to the running back. Let Jalen Hurts get four or five yards a pop, but we're going to give him a, a punishment all game, and we'll see how much he likes it by the end. But his RPO option comes with the throwing option. Okay, if he yeah. doesn't hand it off. It's not so their RPOs aren't like traditional, uh, you know, R- they're like RROs, run yeah, run option, so like or run run pass. It's, a, it's three R-R-P. options for them. It is handoff, Jalen run, or throw a slant hitch, and just look at like the catches amongst the the receivers, and like that's how you can tell. Six for Devontae, five for Dallas Goddard, middle, right? Right across the middle. And three for A.J. Brown. All, longest for all of them was 40 yards, which was a you know a throw down the field to Devontae Smith. But all those other catches are less than five to ten. So it's like the, he's not he's not doing it 
and then just say, all right, I'm going to get groovy with it. A la Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's is more like a two option RPO. He's either handing it off or he's running it. He's not really stopping and making the decision to throw. Jalen Hurts is. And so like you can't just key in on the quarterback because what happens when you do that? He comes up, you think he's going to run, he tosses behind you, you hit him, 15-yard flag. Now you are thinking every single time, is he running or is he throwing? Advantage Jalen Hurts. So like that's what he does right. in their RPO. And but Sirianni does a really good job putting him in those places. I guess my point is like, if you're a good defense, you can pick and choose what you're going to let beat you. You can cover up the passes and just literally dare Jalen Hurts to run all game. And that's what I would do from the 49ers. D- dare Jalen Hurts to run and make him pay for it. Because by the time the second quarter rolls around and he's been hit 10, 15 times, he's not going to be feeling great throwing the ball. He's not going to be as confident running the ball. Get in his head a little bit. Yeah, so I think that is... I don't want to get into the 49ers game because that's probably the fourth one that we're going to go over yeah. since it was the last game. Um, but the 49ers have the backers to do it. Greenlaw and Fred Warner, they're a different level. I saw something that went online. And I was just like, I mean, I guess you're right. Of The 49ers went from Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman to Fred Warner and Greenlaw. And it's just like, yep. <laughs> that's probably two of the most dominant linebackers in the game right now playing for the same team. Yeah, so it's going to be different. Again, I don't want to keep going too much on uh, on the 49ers, yeah. but if the Eagles are going to win against the 49ers, what they have to do is play the exact same script that they played against uh, New York running the ball and make Brock Purdy beat you because we saw from Purdy, he came back down to well, earth, yeah, right? We'll talk like, about it. Yeah, yeah but what, I, I, what I'm getting at is the Eagles' defense, and this is what they did to a mobile quarterback. That's a Brock good defense, really by the way. Yeah, so this is what they you know, had Danny Jones you know, stumbling around. They sacked him five times. They had four tackles in the backfield outside of, outside of a sack. So, like, running backs, Saquon Barkley, right? And I can't remember who their backup is, but they stopped the ball four or five times behind the line of scrimmage, and they had countless pressures. So, like, they're able to cause fit for pressure. Four no, four-man pressures, too. Like, their oh, yeah. four-man rush is crazy. They don't blitz. Fletcher right up the middle, and they're just like, look, I, you follow behind me. And they got dudes. Like, they will rotate in defensive linemen mm-hmm. and still be just as good. Like, they are fresh all game. That that Eagles team, you know, people want to shit on them because Jalen Hurts is new to the block. You know, he, he's not the sexy name, right? he's not the Patrick Mahomes he's not the Joe Burrow but just like that team in totality that roster is so deep they can withstand injuries um, and it's just going to be really hard and that I just I can't I've never seen it I have never seen it seen an offensive line that good since like was like the 16 Cowboys when they just had that mauling offensive line it was like Zeke's first or second year yeah yeah. it's going to be a tough it's going to be a tough out but if anyone's going to do it it's going to be the 49ers just because their coach can scheme up an offense and the defense is real good. I think it'll be a, a great game plan style game. The casual may not like it because you're going to see a lot of running, but the people that are actually like NFL enthusiasts, like they're going to love, this is going to be old school, like man on man, who's going to be able to hit you in the mouth better um, style of game, like old school nineties. Like we're not going to see major passes down the field from Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts. Not going to have enough time. Right. So, like, we're going to see Smash Mouth football, and I am all for it, especially for an NFC championship game. I feel like if there's a difference between the two, the NFC is more physical and the AFC is always more flashy. So, like, these are the two teams that we get out of it. It's not Rams, 
uh, I can't even think of a team that used to toss the ball. Rams for um, Rams Packers or Rams Cardinals. Those are 30, 35 games, right? You're going to see 14, 17, 20, 21, like a really big run it down your throat style game. And obvious, uh, oddly enough, although we, ha- we haven't given foreshadows for it, but we kind of have. We've been making a lot of puns towards the Frizz 5 today. I don't know if you've caught on to it, but we've got a lot of punch in the mouth. Uh, we've oh, got in, uh, you don't want that. You don't want none of this. So like we've said a few things. Yeah. If you can't, if you can't fuck them, around and find out. Yeah. If you said that earlier. Fuck around and find out. So like, yeah, I'm going to try to drop more now. Now that I'm, yeah. I'm cognizant that not we're playing the game. Consciously, I caught myself saying, I was like, oh, well, I'm not really trying to, but we are kind of giving it away. Yeah, no, that, that's a good one. Um, And hip hop, hang in there. We're going to get to that Cowboys and 49ers mm-hmm. game in a little bit. Um, all right. And just, just quick, quick thing on the Eagles. Like they're going to, I'm sorry, the giants, since they're out of the playoffs now, they got some decisions to make. Obviously Danny Nichols, um, probably going to want to get paid in the, I mean, he, he lost any dimes out for this game. Uh, he's, he's up for a contract. I saw Saquon make a statement or something. I don't know if he's talking to the media saying he's not going to try to reset the running back market. Please get your money. He, I think he's just saying that to be a nice guy. He's going to, he's going to hold him over a barrel because they, they need him. That team. Will he though? I mean, he needs Zeke money at least. Whatever Zeke got, yeah. Plus inflation, whatever the inflation on that is going to be, Zeke money plus inflation. I I don't mind that type of statement. I would love to see superstar players start to take. I hate bringing it up because I thought about it earlier today. Start to take the Tom Brady approach. Mm. No, what I mean by that is I'm not saying they take the lowest bidded contract, but like, how do you build yourself a contender? You build yourself a contender by paying superstar players good, but not great. And then you I, can you can continuously add pieces to the puzzle. That's all I'm saying. Okay, like, Mr. Front Office. One, do they have a well, I'm saying, like, do they have nah. a number one wide receiver? No, I, right? Can they get a number one if he takes a pay cut? Pay cut? You talking about pay cut? You kidding me, man? I'm just saying, man. Get like, I don't bread. know how his money, I don't know how his bread's set up. Uh, I mean, it's easy for Tom Brady to do it when his wife makes more money than him. <laughs> I'm just saying. It, I'm well, not surprised his, his somebody made a, a wife comment when it comes. I mean, X now, seeing how they ain't together. He's getting alimony uh, in that whole thing. So that's, that's how he can take the pay I mean, cut. Yeah, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but I'm yeah, just saying it's different if you're if you're someone like Saquon and you're trying and he, you're running back. You only have a, like running backs what get like seven six good years of productivity like get your bag now because that's gonna be your last good contract guarantee it look at zeke he's a shell now it's sad yeah he's definitely not the same all right let's let's touch on uh the game that was the biggest surprise to me over the weekend bills Bengals. i have a theory why it was a surprise so here's here's what i thought going into it uh you know we've seen joey burrow struggle with sacks and pressures in the past. And that's kind of been their Achilles heel in the Bengals, especially last year. They had a little bit of trouble. They lost three offensive linemen, three. We talked last like 10 minutes ago about the importance of offensive line with the Eagles. The Bengals lose three starting offensive linemen in the previous game. I'm thinking Joey Burrow is going to be under pressure the whole game. And it's just going to be a nightmare. The bills have a good offense. So, you know, you know, get a little bit of a lead pressure, Joey Burrow with the pass rush, like you're golden one sack. One sack for a three-yard loss for the Bills. Uh, I have a theory what happened here, but I want to hear from you first. Like, so, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, no theory from me. It's something that I said before the game started. Uh, I said actually last week once they they you know they ended up you know scaving by to to make it to the the divisional round. Zach Taylor is a great coach, and when you get 
a week's worth of scheming, a week's worth of knowing who's going to be your backup, and probably the biggest bulletin board material of all. Yeah, we're we're gonna have everybody uh, purchase their their neutral site tickets. I hate that, by be, the way. It's gonna be Bills versus Chiefs, right? Like, if there's somebody that I'm not pissing off as a quarterback because of what he has, he has it, right? He doesn't have the strongest quarterback uh, arm. He doesn't have you know the mobile mobility of a Lamar Jackson, right? But he has it. He's he has the winning factor in a, at, at the quarterback position. And Joe Burrow went out there and was just like, you guys think that you're just going to get sacks all day? Here we go. And he went six for six for a touchdown first drive. was like, shut the fuck up, right? Like, that, he literally was like, everything that you guys just said, we're going to throw it down your throat. We're, we're going to take it. We're going to use it to our advantage. And we're going to punch you in the mouth. And we're literally just going to score a touchdown, shut everybody up. And they go, oh, wow, the, the Bengals came to play on the road in a snowy game. We're going to put you guys at the disadvantage. And Zach Taylor having a week's worth of time to, to scheme up what they're going to try to do because they have three offensive linemen out. It's completely different than when those three linemen get hurt in-game. It's a lot harder to make adjustments, but they had a whole week to prepare for it. I wasn't worried about it at all because I knew they would have enough time to prepare. All right. Forget bullets and bull material because that is not what happened. I will give you the real <laughs> facts of what happened, but first I'm going to punctuate my argument with a little. Here we go. Uh, second, second beer is cracking. All right, here's the thing. When we started the show, what did I say I was outside doing? It was you, snow blowing. Snow blowing, right? Snow is a slippery motherfucker, ain't it? It sure is. Sure is. Now, I'm just a theory. Man, it is hard to rush the passer and win, and win pass rush battles when you're playing in the snow. And guess what? I think that the snowy weather in Buffalo, favored the Bengals in their offensive line, especially their tackles, because you can't speed rush, right? You're going to get, it's going to be really hard to win these man-to-man battles in the snow. You're going to be slipping and sliding everywhere. I think that sort of condition bought Joey Burrow extra time in the pocket that he would not have normally if they were on turf. And really, another thing that benefits the Bengals on top of all that is like, if you're playing in snowy weather, you know that your straight line speed is still solid, right? It's when you have to cut, when you have to plant, you have to push and, and make body contact. The Bengals have a super explosive wide receiver course. So not only do you have the Bills having a tough time getting to the quarterback in the trenches because of the conditions, the Bills, I'm sorry, the Bengals receivers are still as fast as they've ever been, right? So I just think the, the weather conditions, while it was in Buffalo and you'd think, oh, the Bills are used to it, I just think it, it favored the Bengals and that it covered up some of their deficiencies on the offensive line. Like I said, you have your theories. I got, oh, bullet, I'm not going to blame. Bullets yeah, and board I'm, material is better than snow. I'm not going with snow played that big of a factor when these guys play all of those. It may have. Knew that it was good. I wouldn't say it would because like you could, you could do the lat, you could do the opposite side of it saying that the offensive linemen don't have enough traction to their hold their blocks. Right. Because it's, they're not only they backups, but like they're on the road. Do they hear the snap count? Like, do they see the, you know, the right guards hand do one of those in front of the center? They may not. Right. So like you could play both sides of the ball when you do that. I think it's huge. I think it was huge. They had a full week to prepare for those linemen not being in. And again, I, I think you, you poked the bear when you say some shit or you throw out online that like we're selling tickets to the neutral site game. 
I think that's huge, bro. I think like like Everyone, you heard it. At, listen, you heard it at the end of the game. He was just like, "I bet you, I guess y'all gonna need your refunds." Like that, they knew about this shit, right? Let me and say it's something. Just like, how the fuck y'all punching y'all tickets? We haven't even played the game yet. You guys already met. You already said that we lost this game and it hasn't even started. That shit's so stupid because at literally every organization in professional sports does that. I I was able one year to watch LeBron play in the playoffs because the Celtics were the eighth seed, and when I I bought tickets to that game when the Celtics were like four games out of the playoffs and they happened to just win the games they needed to. And I got to go watch the game because they sell tickets, even though teams aren't in the playoffs They're It's just so dumb. Like that's the reason why we're pissed off because everyone was going to sell the, the games, you know, the tickets before, you know, you have to sell the tickets. Look, I don't know. You have your theories. I have my theories. I'm not going with snowy fields. Snowy I'm fields. With, they were pissed off. Okay. Pissed off. Um, I do. I do have a question as far as like the bills are concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they said on the broadcast um, that you know the Bengals were being a little more aggressive as far as uh, blitzing Josh Allen than you know previous uh, encounters and and you know maybe more than some of the other teams in the regular season. I kind of think that the Dolphins actually gave the bill the Bengals the game game script for Josh Allen, and I'm wondering if we've kind of found the weakness for Josh Allen a little bit. Because if you remember back to the Dolphins game, they were bringing intense pressure. They were playing cover zero a lot, uh, a lot of man on man, and just saying we're just going to try to rush the passer. And for the most part, it, it's a winner. So like, here's why it's a good a good philosophy against the the Bills um, and Josh Allen particularly. When you force all this pressure, you're good. You're daring him to make these big plays, and we know that Josh Allen has no problem taking shots. And those those can either lead to great success or turnovers. And I think maybe the key to Josh Allen, and I think the Bengals and Dolphins executed a little bit, dare him to to be reckless, right? Because he likes to be reckless and he has no problem with it. Let him make the mistakes that shoot himself in the foot. Yeah, I, I would say that's a, a good regular season thing to keep in mind. Uh, I don't think for the playoffs, it really bit him in the foot. If you think about what happened in this game. He didn't throw an interception until the fourth quarter. And it's when they were desperate trying to actually like, you know, come back and win the game when they were down three scores. So I don't think he really played reckless. I just think that they got beat. And I think it it's it exposed their offense. They still have some things to do. If Superman isn't Superman for Buffalo, they lose because they really don't have a great rushing game with you know the splits between uh I want to say it's Singletary and James Cook. If they get hot, it's very helpful. But like, if it's not Stefan Diggs, like if you get a number one on him and he doesn't eat, you're relying on Gabe Davis, who might average 20 yards per catch, but like he has to catch the ball. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. the same thing with Dawson Knox. So, like, where you, I think it's huge to notice that their offense really isn't that great if Josh Allen isn't Superman, right? If he doesn't, if he doesn't do outstanding things, which is usual also, for him, though. It is usual, but the games that he's not are the games that they lose, and it's because they don't have they don't have something to fall back on. They don't have a B, they don't have a B plan, and it's yeah, not well. Josh Allen isn't isn't having it today. Like let's try to you know get the ball in space with some of our running backs. No, let's try to get the ball quickly to some of our wide receivers. No, and all right, let's let's play a defensive game and try to keep our team in it. No, like <laughs> the defense is not good. So it's like if if he's not pulling the team across the finish line doing any and everything throw for 300 rush for 60 have three touchdowns they're typically not winning those games yeah that's interesting you know you bring it up 
having a plan B in case you can't be Superman if you're Josh Allen. Um, I've thought that on the flip side, the Bengals were interesting in that for most of the regular season, like they were, they were passed first. Their run game was, was okay, but their run game showed up against the Bills. I think they put, they towed the ball for like 130 or something yards. I don't have the stats in front of me, but 170, 170. Yeah. So they had a great game on the ground, which is kind of uncharacteristic for them. Um, and you know, if you can put that together along with what you're doing with Joey Burrow in that offense, it's a scary team, man. Like that's that's a solid, solid, solid football team. So they they did this, and I mean, we can make one last point on it and, and go to the last game. But they did this last season. They did this last season in the playoffs where they relied on their you know running game and their defense. And Burrow just made the right play at the right time for his first time in the playoffs. Now he can do better. Like he can elevate the team to be better because he's a better quarterback than he was last year. And they're still able to run the ball and play great defense. So they are, they're a dangerous team and that's going to be a tough, tough game for Kansas city next week. Yeah. Since we covered Jags chiefs and bills Bengals already, who do you have next week? By the way, chiefs Bengals. My, my heart obviously has Joey Burrow going back to the super bowl. My head wants to say, I think Mahomes can figure this out but like i i can't not go with qb1 right i I have to pick i have to pick cincinnati just because that's i'm a Bengals fan when the saints are out because of joey burrow yeah i'm i'm gonna have to go with Bengals mostly because i don't know the status of mahomes and i just think that he's not going to be able to be as elusive as he typically is getting outside the pocket i think it's going to be a problem all right um 49ers cowboys let's just all take a a Moment to just laugh at the Cowboys. <laughs> so I'm not going to go in and be like, you know, pissed off, rah, rah, daring about this because this is exactly what I said was going to happen. Like we got fool's gold with the beat down in Tampa, right? Like we got fed a whole bunch of malarkey, you know, a la old Bill's coach. Um, like, Dak showed, and I hate that he does this, but like Dak showed why Jerry Jones was hesitant to pay him because big moments, big games, he folds. He folds so bad. And the writing was on the wall this season when he went from being the most careful quarterback in the league, the highest touchdown to interception ratio, touchdown to turnover ratio. He was one of the best at it. And then he had 12 interceptions in 10 games. Mm. And then he had, you know, two picks that were just, oh my goodness, what the hell are you doing last night? One of them was just, he took five steps back. Everybody was just like, all right, you got to run. Like the clock's gone, right? The clock is, if you were playing a video game, you'd be like, all right, nobody's open. And he somehow took another step and then just threw a five-yard hitch. Where do you think the defense is going to be like when you do that, especially when they're in zone, they weren't in man, they were in zone and they played a lot of zone. And if you can see that from the TV, you got to be able to see that on the field. And Fred Warner like was surprised that he threw it. it was like, oh shit. Like that's why he didn't catch it because like he wasn't expecting it to throw there. He's like, he's covered. There's no, he's the, oh, he threw it to him. Like that's, you can't do that. And to, to show up in the divisional playoff game, with the offense that they were supposed to have and put up 12 points, if you could throw that sound off of we are who we thought we were. Or but they are who we thought they were. That showed the Dallas Cowboys will always be the Dallas Cowboys. Death 
taxes, and the Cowboys blowing it in the playoffs. I said it at the beginning of the season, and nothing has changed. Yeah, like the offense was anemic, right, from the Cowboys. Their defense kept them kept them in it. Although to be fair, I think the 49ers, it was more of them trying to be super conservative. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing with the Cowboys is mistakes and timely moments. And there's two times that I think of. Number one was that last touchdown by the 49ers. I think they gave them two free first downs. You know, I think the 49ers were within the Cowboys' 30 or 40-yard line. They weren't quite in the red zone. Penalty after penalty after penalty. They kept giving them opportunities when it should the drive should have been over. And then secondly, that last drive, man, like so many just smack your head moments like what are you guys doing mm-hmm. Dak I don't know how he didn't get a safety what what was he doing there I think the I think the DM was afraid to like get a penalty or something like that mm-hmm. uh, that was yeah, just a boneheaded play no, you go you go I don't want to cut you off all right that one the wide receiver not having the wherewithal to be like hey I should get two feet down was it Dalton Schultz in that yes. play and then just like what <laughs> what the fuck was that last play it looked like flag football I don't know, and you don't even have to put in the whole game when you talk about mistakes. Just that last just drive. Talk about that last drive, right? Because Elijah Mitchell made a huge issue, huge problem, big time error by running out of bounds with you know the game pretty much in hand when he had that. He took a toss to the outside. He got the first down, fall down, right? And he didn't. He gifted them extra time, right? And so if you think it's like Mike McCarthy, hey, you got an extra life. Like, just put together your best two-minute offense for the 45 seconds that you have the ball. First play, Dak does some weird shit. That scramble to the right. And like you said, I think the defensive player, I can't remember who it was, I think he was afraid that he would have gotten a penalty if he hit him. Yeah. And so what Dak does is he breaks the tackle, throws it out of bounds. Like, what, what are you doing, right? And it's like, all right, we messed up there. They get a couple yards. They get a first down, I think it was. They get a first down, get out of bounds. And then they throw it down the field to Schultz. And he makes, if not the laziest, but probably one of the laziest efforts in the history of the game. It's like he forgot that they were losing and there was 30 (sighs) seconds left. Oh, and then, I'm sorry, then we forgot about the time where, was it, it might have been Schultz again, who, instead of running out of bounds going forward, he he did not know the rules. He didn't know the rules. Same drive. It was the same drive. He let um, Jim, James Ward. I know it was the defensive back. Uh, let, Jimmy yeah. Ward. Jimmy he Ward. let Jimmy Ward hit him. And Ward knew right away, if I can hit him backwards, the clock keeps running. Schultz took the hit and just lo- you know, lollygagged oh. off. And they were like, yo, this what is you do? Like, this is Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys in a fucking nutshell. You have the, the implosion-ness of the Dallas Cowboys and the st- stupidness of Mike McCarthy. They came together and they made a baby and they threw out what was on the field with 40 seconds left in last night's game. I just don't understand it. It's like half of this loss is on Dak. And there's other there's other things, but I'm just going to put it on Dak. And then half is McCarthy. Because McCarthy as a coach, these dumbass mistakes, they keep happening to the Cowboys. And it's just poor coaching and just not being prepared for the little things in the moment. They need to like move on from McCarthy I don't think you can move on from Dak. And here's the thing. Here's why I say that. I'm curious your opinion on Dak. Because you know who Dak is? He's the guy that He's, can get you to the playoffs but can't do anything else. Dak is black Kirk Cousins. Yes. He's he's too good to let go, but not good enough to win your championship. Yeah. And what are you going to do? 
I don't, there is nothing that they can do because they paid him for it. You have to play out that contract. And then even if he, even if he goes to, you know, the last year of it, you may not extend him. You got to keep him. You got to franchise. What else are you going to do? What are you going to do? You can't let him go. He's going to make it. He's going to get you guys to the playoffs every single year, 12 and three, 12 and four, whatever the records are nowadays, 11, 11 and five. He's going to either get you to the division. He's going to get you the division championship. Wow. He's going to win the division or he's going to be the second place team every single year. And then every year that they make it to the playoffs, they're going to have a disappointment. I don't think this is this is tough to say. I don't think Sean Payton fixes this because I think it's the stench of the Dallas Cowboys because the problems were before McCarthy. They're just amplified with because he does the same. He did the same thing in Green Bay. And Jason Garrett had the same team and they did the same exact thing. I think it's more of an organization problem than it is coaching. It starts at the top and filters down into the players. Jones has an issue with power. He can't give it up. McCarthy has an issue with time management. He can't give it up. Dak is going to be, you know, Mississippi State's quarterback in the SEC, right? Every single year, he's not going to be Alabama. He's not going to be Auburn. He's not going to be Georgia or LSU. I mean, we've seen how the, the Dak Prescott contract's playing out. We saw how the Ezekiel Elliott contract's playing out. I think Jones needs to fire the GM. Isn't it, isn't it him? Yeah, I'm just fucking oh, with so you. Like, fire himself? We got the full Belichick Just get a real here? GM. Stop trying to do this yourself. It's clearly not working he's, anymore. He's just... I mean, on the on the bright side, uh, take, like, you know, shining things for the Cowboys. CeeDee Lamb's that dude. I know you hated on him earlier. He's that dude. No, you still disagree. I think he's a one. I just he ca- he carried them in this game. He was the only reason game, why they're in it. You're right. You're right. I I I still think he's a one. I, I'm hesitant to say he's like top five receiver right now. And top five no top five receiver to me means you are that dude. I just don't I don't see it. Maybe it's Dak that's the problem for me. Um, but you know I, I he's top ten, but he's just not top five. Uh, Micah Parsons, that dude. Mm-hmm. So like they have two really important positions locked up with like stud, stud to close stud guys. Um, I just I don't know where they're gonna go from here because they're gonna be missing uh, Pollard for if he if he resigns I don't know what he's gonna be like next year because he he actually broke his leg in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zeke's That's a shell tough. of himself. Uh, it, it's not looking great if you're a Cowboys fan. So I say. Well, enough with this loser franchise, though. Let's talk about a team that's actually playing for something next week, the 49ers. We both, you alluded to it earlier, and I agree with you. Um, you know, the Brock Purdy thing, I don't think he was bad, right? I think that maybe they looked at this game plan and said, this is a really good defense as far as a pass rush. Let's not let him make mistakes. And they kind of controlled everything for him. They made it super simple, conservative offense. Uh, but I thought that when they asked him to make some throws, he was actually pretty good. Shanahan is proving he is, if not the best, one of the best coaches in the NFL right now because of the game plan and script that they're giving to Brock Purdy. Even like they were following it to a T in the third quarter with it close. They were like, we're not going to break it. You know, we're not going to just force passes down the field. Even though we know Trayvon Diggs likes to take fucking guesses like they didn't force it at him. Like they they played the way that it's supposed to. Three down, first down, three down, punt. Three down, first down, three down, field goal. We'll take that, right? 
Brock just don't make a mistake. And then when they opened it up, it screwed the Cowboys. When they, yeah, you're just now seeing this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can someone explain why the hot, who's the hot wife? We were talking about Tom Brady. Ah, uh, okay. Hot we wife, Giselle. The, yeah, Got we were you. About Brady. For those so listening on podcast. It was there for it. He was right on with this. I appreciate you there, Hip Hop. Uh, um, but yeah, it was uh he was talking we were talking about Brady. Um, you made me forget my train of thought when it came to Brock. Oh, the, essentially that catch that um Kittle made, yeah, uh, that changed the game. That was all right, like we're following the script. If this big play works, uh Jimmy Garoppolo, the one that he couldn't throw in the Super Bowl, if this big play works, it's going to change the outcome of the game, and it did. You know, Kittle makes the pass. I mean, uh, Purdy makes the pass. Kittle makes the catch. Three plays later, McCaffrey, um, Mitchell, McCaffrey touchdown. It's like that, that's that's what they wanted, and they broke the Cowboys back with it. They couldn't recover. Um, you just made me think of something kind of random, but uh, one thing I noticed watching this game is both teams, like the Cowboys were pretty good at tackling. They did not miss a lot of tackles. The, the 49ers were not breaking off any runs. It was like four yards and just getting stuck. But uh, on the flip side, man, I don't know why, but when I watch the 49ers play, I feel like every tackle is just a hit stick. They truck people, man. They just hit on defense. And it's going to be wild to watch them going against like a run-first, good run-first offense in the Eagles. It's just going to be collisions after collisions. So they their core that they have, uh, Fred Warner, Aziz Alshir, and Drake Greenlaw, them motherfuckers are big. They are. you Like, I'm telling you, it's very nostalgic like 2012 Ravens right Ray Lewis in the middle Terrell Suggs and I'm pretty sure there was another linebacker that I can't remember his name but three linebackers that are they could cover they could rush and they could stop like the run it like it's really hard to like you could have okay corners if you have phenomenal linebackers because they can do all three levels Adelius Thomas thank you um that was because he came from, I think he came from Chicago. Um, but they like, think about it this way. There was a play that they showed. Um, it was Fred Warner was on the line of scrimmage. He was on the line and CD lamb ran a seam route. He covered the seam 30 yards down the field. Go watch it. It's incredible. And it's like, if you have that physical specimen being able to do that, that's four five four four speed. Just imagine when you run a toss on the outside. What he's doing, it's he's just they they are just physical beasts that can play all three levels. It's gonna be a fucking slobber knocker on Sunday if you want to quote Jr. Yeah. Hey, by the way, what's up with kick returns running straight into kickers? <laughs> was it the Cowboys returner so, or the 49ers returner yeah, running right into the kicker? I think it was all of them. I think it was every returner this week that was doing it. Um, and I was I was not I joking. Just, I'm telling you, bro. There's one person, maybe two. He can kind of get away with um, what's his name, Cordero Patterson. But Devin Hester is literally the only kick punt returner in the history of the game that can juke at full speed. Everybody else, you know how fucking hard it is? Like when they're full speed, it's if they get to the edge, it's a touchdown. But if they have to make a move, they're going to get tackled every single time. That's the difference between Hester and everybody else. It was, else it was in the, the game. Cowboys return. I remember Robbie Gold made the tackle, but literally he ran right. He all he did was veer to the left and just outrun the guy. He's like, "No, nah, I'm gonna right right into the kicker and just get." I'm and telling get you, tackled. man, it's it's weird. Just <sighs> something about kick returners. I feel I probably had that same problem. I had a couple touchdowns in my time, but you know, I had um, also got tackled by kickers. Too. Before I ask you about the potential the NFC Championship game, I thought this game was more about the Cowboys losing than the 49ers winning. 
I think if the Cowboys played any bit competent on offense, they win this game. They weren't I the 49ers yeah. weren't super impressive. I I didn't walk away saying this is a world beating team. The defense because their defense made Dallas look mediocre. Okay. I I watched the Eagles both sides of the ball dominate. I watched the the Bengals both sides of the ball dominate. I didn't walk away from the 49ers and be like, "Oh, this is a Super Bowl winning team." The 49ers don't have Joe Burrow, they don't have Jalen Hurts. They have Brock Purdy. But a Brock Purdy can win you a Super Bowl because of the defense they have. Trent Dilfer. There he is. Tom Brady, another <laughs> one. I, uh, I, I'm not, you guys know that I dislike Brady, right? I respect him, but I dislike him. But I'm throwing these out there because he's doing similar things where the coach is saying, just don't just, turn the ball over, let our defense win. And he's doing it. It's just because he's a, a seventh round pick. It's a sexy thing to say. I mean, he's, Brady that, but he's also pick. averaging 200 yards to 250 with usually two touchdowns and no turnovers. That's Brady. All right, so who you got? NFC Championship game, Niners, Eagles, before we get into the first is five. I want to see an SEC title rematch. I want to see Bama versus LSU, Joey Burrow versus Jalen Hurts. Let's go. So I, I want to see it all because it's, I mean, for me, that's win-win, right? Like you guys, you guys know how much um, QB won with with Joey Burrow, but if if there's somebody that I want to see win one and shut everybody the hell up, essentially the same way I would want it for Lamar Jackson, it's Jalen Hurts. The amount of people that counted that kid out, saying that he was going to be a bust, saying that he was going to be, you know, absolutely nothing because Tua took his job, and then he went to Oklahoma, and everybody's like, he's only good because he's in Lincoln Riley's offense, and then he gets drafted, he's like, oh, he's a running back, and then he actually gets a chance of winning MVP. Oh, it's because of his team. Like this is the time where I, again, if he gets there, I don't know who I would want to win the Super Bowl, but I'm picking, I'm picking Philly because I think he's that guy right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I would take Philly. Um... Just because I think they're so well built, top to bottom, and I'm just I just pulled up the uh, betting odds for the championship games, and Vegas agrees with us. They have the Eagles. If if it went chalk, Eagles and Cincinnati Bengals. Although the Bengals, interestingly enough, uh, only a one point favorite, so uh, that one's looking close. And then on the flip side, Philly's only two and a half, which is also like really really close. So. Shout out to the NFL because they they lucked out, man. I think the four best teams in the league made it to the end. Um, you know, sometimes you have like some weird, weird teams sneak in. This is going to be a fucking awesome, awesome Sunday football next week. Absolutely, I'm hoping for it. I feel like we always shine in the football stuff, whether it's college or NFL. Like that's our that's our shit right there. It's our bread and butter. If we were a flag st- flagship station for anything, it would be football first, basketball, and then everything else. Because we 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 do a lot of digging when it comes to football. I gotta get you into some base baseball soon. Not so, a chance. I mean, playing. I'll watch it for the for the cause, but like, bro, the cause. Well, you know what? I might actually watch a decent amount of baseball this year because the whole work from home environment. Like, I could just have it on in the backfield. Bro, mad mad. I can have it on in the back. Those, yeah. those day so I, games, I, I might. it's nice. It's nice. All right, let's get into some good stuff. Prepare yourselves for the greatest and most unique segment in podcast history. Let's rank some stuff with D. It's time for Frizz's Five. All right, we, we, we did a little teasers all episode, right? We said... 
Uh, fuck around, find out, punch someone in the face. What else did we, we drop in there? Some other uh, terms. You don't want to fuck with. Yeah. So it was all kind of uh, little breadcrumbs to what our Frizz's five will be this week. D is going to give us top five what? So this week, because of Shannon Sharp talking all that he could on the sideline to every Memphis Grizzly, to John Morant's father, I think it's Ty Morant Team or Morant. something like that. T. Morant. This man was ready to, you know, he was ready for it, right? He wanted all the smoke. This week's top Frizz's five and I'm gonna make sure I get this shit correct, is Frizz's top five, you don't want the smoke team. Number five, and the best part about it is if you guys are listening, if you're listening live, or if you you know catch us in the, on the podcast tomorrow, let us know who you guys would put in your top five. You don't want to fuck around with squad because my top five. Oh, go ahead, Q. Go yeah, ahead. no, I'm gonna say like throw them in the chat. I will, I will feature your suggestions for top. So top five athletes all time, all time from me, correct? That you don't want that smoke. All right, so and num- <laughs> you'll figure it out as we go. All right, so D hit us off. Number five, the way that we start this one off, because this motherfucker will punch you in the mouth, he'll take your chain, and if you if you try to put it back he on for the next higher. week's game, he needs to be higher. he's going to take that shit too again. Too low, too low. Number five is Aqib motherfucking Tlaib. I, f- I feel like this list should be the honorary Aqib Tlaib top five, you don't want the smoke list. Like, it's named after him. He's that much of a, a menace. If he's not in your top five for this type of list, I don't want to hear your list because, again, he's he's only five because I'm telling you, the next four are absolute like haymakers when it comes to it. But this dude, probably one of the best personalities on a football field. Not only do you have to play corner with an edge, he played it with an edge and like a swag, like, you want to fuck around? You want to wear your oh. chain on the field? He literally took Michael got another one. chain, sunned him, and then like he wore it again the next game. He's like, I told you to take that shit off. He took it again. Like that that screams don't fuck with me. And Crabtree was like, all right, <laughs> like, let me walk around. Let me walk away. This man made it a, a grown-ass man hide his... He deboed Michael Crabtree. made him hide On his chain. field, bro. Also, did you know that he actually recently got in trouble like with maybe shooting someone at a, a like a, a youth football game like his brother or himself I heard, I heard it was his brother not yeah. him he was involved somehow i don't know but yeah you don't want to you don't want that smoke with a keep the nah, i'm good i'm good but again this is the, this is the top five baby so number four the next one that we're going with because i mean i'm gonna throw out one name but i might be throwing everything that involves international it's nikola Jokic. he's so, on my list the reason why I'm saying it, it might not even be just him. His fucking brothers. Like, the baggage <laughs> that comes with you fucking with Nikola Jokic? Absolutely not. Like, nah. Marquise and Markeith Morris were like, oh, we'll see y'all. And they were like, no, we'll see y'all. And it's like you haven't heard shit from that instance when he pushed Markeith in the back, right? So, like, the Serbian connection they have, no fucking thank you. Like, He's not on my top five, but like I'm not. Yes. I'll say the name. Like Stephen Adams is up there. He's on my for, list for for uh, New Zealand. Uh, I want to say there's another um, the dude that plays for for Portland. 
I can't remember his Yusuf name. Yusuf Nurkic. Yes, Yusuf, Yusuf Nurkic. None of the motherfuckers that ain't from America. Hey, no, no, thank you. I'm sorry. Just this, there's probably so much <laughs> shit that comes with you bump them and you say sorry. Hey, man, my bad. That's my bad. That's my bad. The crazy thing is, like, the Morris brothers themselves are like honorable mentions. And Jokic's brother's like, fucking kill you, man. Get the fuck out of here. The, the thing about Jokic is like he comes from Serbia, right? Bruh, he grew up in like war, in like yes. destruction. Like he he is not anyone to be trifled with at all. I'm with you on, on Jokic. Absolutely fucking not. That was, I was like, it's got to be him. But like, I can't do justice of just like saying him, Steven Adams, Nikola, I mean, um, uh, you give nurture. It's like, that wouldn't be enough because they take up the whole list. So it's like, they're all encompassed in the international brand for me. Steven Adams seems like he could be kind of like a nice guy, but also if he wanted to, he could take your body and just snap it in half. He picked up a human being. <laughs> yes. He literally picked up an NBA player and was like, you move here. Stop. And it's like, what the fuck? What are you supposed to do? Have like, you- that's a little kid thing. <laughs> hip hop was talking about a hip hop and I was talking about Chris Tucker sounding like a keep to leave. Have you ever heard Steven Adams talk? I don't think so. He, you have to just listen to it one day because he's from New Zealand and he, I can't do accents, but he talks like super Australian. It's, he sounds like super pleasant. I'm, I have to, I'll go listen in on that. But hey, we got to keep this list moving. So, number three, who I'm going with, and this is just because the man can throw hands. We all saw him throw hands to some random pedestrians, the malice in the palace. It's motherfucking Ron Artest. It's <laughs> a good mention. It's a good shout. Ron in Meta World Peace. I know he changed his ways and then he went right back to Ron. Nah, man, like that's a dude just what we we saw it. We literally saw it happen where he was just like, You're gonna throw water at me? Cool, we'll fuck you up. Not only just you, anybody else that's around me, I don't care if it's the right person. I'm just throwing haymakers. I'm not gonna throw Steven Jackson and Jay Owen though in there. Jermaine O'Neal and Steven Jackson. That's kind of like if there were honorable mentions, they'd be there. But just he literally was the definition of you don't want this. Like you, you fucked around. And you found out. Like that's that's what happened in in Detroit. Yeah, I. But you know, Ron, Ron just seems like a confused man. Like he seems very <laughs> lost. I don't. He doesn't seem angry for some reason. Like he he just snaps or sometimes, but he doesn't seem like he's an angry fuck around. Find out. I feel like it's a flip a coin. Like if you catch him on a bad day, it's over. But you might catch him on a good day and he'd apologize to you. So the way that you explain that is essentially like the Joker, right? Like, do I have a plan? Absolutely not, (laughs) right? But like, if it goes the way that I thought it was going to go, you're screwed, right? If it goes outside of the plan, maybe you win. Maybe you catch me on a day that I was, you know, happy today. That's why he changed his name to Meta World Peace. Uh, But number two, and this is, I don't even think this is involving fighting. This is just the overall personality that I wouldn't want to fuck around and find out. James Harrison. Yes. Dog, that is, again, football players aren't usually large human beings. Like, we we don't associate them like NBA players, like Kevin Durant, who's seven foot, 230 pounds. But, like, James Harrison, if he walks in the room, you literally just go, damn. Uh, yeah, I'm not messing with that guy. And he played middle linebacker for, like, 10 years in the NFL. Just, like, think of the personality that it comes with being a middle linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then just think of Jerome Harrison. James Harrison, like if if there was a a picture in the dictionary for a fuck, like nah, fuck that, he'd be there with his mean mug, just have you um just staring at you. Have you seen the? I don't know if it was like a TikTok or um something else, like a Instagram Reels 
I think it went out, it circulated about a month ago of James Harrison, whatever age he is now, he's probably early 40s, late 30s. Um, he was doing a sled outside. I don't know. He, he lives somewhere really nice. It's nice and warm. And I think they had like something like a thousand plus pounds on the sled and he was still just manhandling it at that age. The shit that he did, like the week that they went to the Super Bowl when he played for the Patriots, it's just like his workout scheme. It's like, what? It's crazy. Dog, you're like 35. What are you doing? But yeah, I'm not fucking around with him. Like you don't, you don't want that smoke with him. That's a good shout. But number one, I don't understand how this man can't be number one. Can you give me my drum roll, please? I don't give a shit what anybody says. I'm not fucking around and finding out because I don't want that smoke with Mike Tyson. Dog, the reason why I say that is because the video that came out, I don't remember if it was last year or the year before that, after he found Jesus. Do you remember that video that came out when he felt like he walked into like this dude at the bar and like he was teaching him how to box? Dog, his like combo when he didn't leave here, some of the some of the most vicious punches I have ever seen. Not only did he do that, but he fucked up that dude on the plane. Like you, 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 you poked the bear, right? This is probably the only person in the world that there's no amount of money you could pay me to punch, to get punched in the face by. I so f- absolutely not. I agree. Like he would be number one, but I feel like I feel kind of sad because I, f- I feel like that choice kind of, goes against the spirit of the list because obviously you don't want to fight the world championship boxer. Like I, I think I mean, you're going to say that to, to, to Butterbean. You know, you know what I mean? Are you going to say that to Evander Holyfield? No, Evander like, Holyfield's not on my don't fuck around I guess, and find out list. I guess <laughs> the spirit of the list is like Nikola Jokic. You look at him, he's a big pudgy doughboy. You don't want none of that smoke. Like you look at him, you're like, oh, he ain't that tough. No, you don't want none of that. Um, I got a good number one for you. This would be nine, my number one. Ready? Agent Zero, Gilbert Arenas. Brought, he brought a machine gun to the locker room because someone Joe wanted... Crittenden did. I thought it was Crittenden. No, he did. Oh, he brought the he gun. He brought the machine gun to the locker room because his teammate was... was You know, he was beefing with his teammate. He's like, you want to find out? <laughs> <laughs> like, that dude will kill you. Literally, he's changed um, though. He's he's a good. I've heard him recently. He's he's taken a new leaf. But back in the day, man, he Gilbert Arenas. Nah, uh, a lot of people have found Jesus after they you know got put put to pushed to the limit, and somebody fucked around and found out they they found Jesus after. In the spirit of Akib Talib, I added a no another one to my list. Just kind of like a cornerback that just just scrappy. You don't want any of that smoke. You remember a man named Pac Man Jones? <laughs> Waka 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 waka. Yes, I don't want none of that. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I, did he actually? He got in trouble in recently too. Yeah. I think he might be in jail. I think he pulled out a gun or beat the shit out of someone at an airport. It might be both. Yeah, um, nope. None of yeah, that. I think. Yeah, not a bad, not a bad, not a bad ad to that one. Uh, James Harrison, you inspired me midway to put Ray Lewis on the list just because he may have killed somebody. Um, I think that's kind of unfair. <laughs> so that, that one there, uh, two two local ones though, two for the my New England people, and I don't. I, I think one of them is definitely a definitely don't want to don't want the smoke. Uh, hockey, we, we had no hockey players. Zdeno Chara, yeah, nope, yep. nope, nope. Six yeah, foot that's, nine, that's just fist like bears, and he's from one of those <laughs> Serbian countries, one of those Slovakian countries. I don't want none of that. Nope, 
None of that. Yeah, well, I, like I said, I throw anything that's international into that group. So yeah, if you're gonna throw out yeah. hockey, that's I want to say with that definitely. Yeah, Ben Ben Wallace, a good a good addition. <laughs> um, I, I don't want. You did wear else. headbands as fucking armbands, which can we, is absolutely incredible. Can we just say anyone on that Pistons team, the bad boy, or not the bad boy Pistons, but the, the Pistons team in two thousand and six or whatever that won the championship? I don't want. Hey, Tayshawn Prince was soft as bad. <laughs> shit. He's just he's just great at defense. Like I'm Fair. not gonna throw that out there. I mean, yeah, Rasheed Wallace. Yeah, that's yeah. up there. Like because he's old school '90s into early 2000s type of game. Like I wasn't gonna go that route. Um, What's but, up with you know, the Pistons? Like I said, Jo and Jermaine O'Neal and, and Stephen Jackson. They they're those are like honorable mention style names. I feel like that Pistons. Oh, who you know who I didn't mention from the Grizzlies? Who was back in the Zach. day? Zach. 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 Uh, what, what was the name? He, Randolph. Zebo. Yep. I was up there. He was up there. He was definitely in, in like the consideration for it. But he's one of those. Maybe he would be. I remember a video of uh, him and Demarcus Cousins. Uh, Demarcus Cousins said something, and then Zebo was like, "In my hood, bullies get bullied." And then Demarcus nah. Cousins said absolutely nothing after nah. that. <laughs> those grit and grind, those grit and grind Grizzlies, man. I don't know about them. I don't know about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my last one for the local one, and I don't know if he's one of those guys that you want to um, you want the smoke or not, but he just seems like a guy that would, if you got into a fist fight, he would shank you. Marcus Smart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we saw him beat up somebody. Didn't he kick somebody in the face in, in Oklahoma? Yeah, he came Wasn't up. That he, his thing? he fought some dude in the stand or something like that. He went up to some dude in yeah. the stand. I don't so, know, I mean, man. They, he ain't playing fair. That's all I know. If you fight Marcus Smart, he ain't fighting fair. Yeah, I, I, that's actually not a bad contender for it. Hey, man, I, like I said, I think I think this is a good one. Um, I like it because it's outside of the norm of just like sports related, but it is sports related. So if you guys get anybody that's out there listening today, tomorrow, or the next day, if you guys can think of anything that you want to hear us rank, throw in as a top five, shoot us a message, DM us on, on Facebook, throw us a chat message in here, do anything that you can so we can keep this as live as possible. As usual, we we go way too long into the show. We're like an hour and twenty something minutes mm-hmm. in. Uh, so just an in interest of time, right? We had two NBA things picked out. I'm gonna let you pick. I think we should just do one of the two, just because we'll be here all night. Um, do you have a preference of where you want to go with this last segment? I'd rather talk teams than players. All right, just because let's do it. There's not as much juice. There's not as much meat on the bone for players. Sounds good. Yeah, we're gonna talk about NBA awards and. Uh, I just want to say, shout out Jokic, man. That dude might win three MVPs in a row. That's crazy. Facts. Weird that there's no voters fatigue when it's Jokic, though. It's because he killed somebody. Uh, but what I would say is... <laughs> I thought you were saying he's white. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I mean, that could be another thing, too. Um, but what I will say is, if the, at least for teams that... you know, If they're going to be considered championship contenders, if you just want to get rattle right them off real quick, at least for me... There's uh there's a couple teams out east and only really two that I consider contenders at well, the moment for the West. Go let's ahead. let's set this up right. This last segment we titled NBA Circle of Trust Teams. I, I got the idea from Zach Lowe because he has a circle of trust. Um, he does a the Low Post podcast, all the, all the NBA stuff. And basically, the circle of trust is the teams that we feel we can trust to win an NBA championship, whether it's the East or West, right? And so, D, you said how many do you have? I got five total right now. Okay, and I have. 
I stretched it a little bit. I think I should really be in six, but I added seven. So you can continue. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just want to kind no, of preface good. everything. I'd rather you set the table because, again, I just start to ramble. So like, you got to set it's the table for, li- for listeners to know. I mean, if you want to talk um, about more more guys you don't want to fight, we can go back to that. That was fun. We honestly could have just ended it off of that one, man. Like That was pretty dope. Um, but, you know, real Steve quick. Steve Smith it, Jr., it, it, the wide receiver. You keep cutting me off. Don't want to fuck with him. Uh, yeah, you go, you about to find out. I'll fly <laughs> up to New, New England right now. No, I <laughs> You don't want the smoke. Um, no, dead ass. No, what I, what I would say, you just do the Kawhi laugh. Um, out east, right? If we're gonna if we're gonna rank a team, if we're gonna say somebody has the ability, bro, I'm about to rip up my sheet. Bro. I can't do it right now. I can't do it. But we can end it. We, we, we I, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, what I would say is, if you're gonna go contenders, at least trusting from me, definitely gonna be the Celtics. You know, I think they're front runners when it comes to what they're doing out east right now. Best record in the NBA. Um, I think you said nine in a row. Uh, yep. So nine and one yep. in the last ten. Um, I'm going with Brooklyn. I know that this is a throw out there, but I'm going with Brooklyn because of what KD looked like when when he was healthy. That's going to be a problem in the playoffs. Um, and then the last thing that I would say would be Cavs out East, just because I think that they're they're sticking they're stay they're staying the course uh, of how Donovan Mitchell, Garland, and that defense can play. I think that that's going to be huge when it gets to the playoffs. Wow, that's an interesting list. I had the Celtics, obviously. I think they should should be the favorite to win the championship. They're really good. The Nets, I'm with you. I have the Nets. And just because when they had KD and everyone together, they were rolling like a month ago. They look like the best team in the NBA. Uh, Without KD, they're not the same team. We'll Mm -hmm. see how that turns out. I still am worried about the Nets in a way because I don't know what Kyrie's going to wake up tomorrow and think and and decide to do. and, And maybe he'll just... You know, he back to the Joker reference earlier. Some people just want to see the world burn, and I he could just blow that thing up tomorrow. Uh, so I don't know, like their stability long term, I don't really trust, but they're very good. I didn't have the Cavs in my circle of trust, and I I think honestly they are a super talented team. I love what they they've built with Donovan Mitchell, some of the younger pieces. Their their interior defense is really good. I just think they're too young. I don't think they're ready yet, so I don't have them as like ready to take that next leap to be a championship team. I could for sure see them in the second round going to seven, right? With the, within the second round. But I just don't, I just don't think they're mature enough to take down a Celtics or a team like the bucks who I have in my circle of trust. I'm surprised you don't have the bucks in what's up with that. So I thought about it. And the only reason why I did is because I've seen them or have noticed they've played down to their competition against certain teams Granted, it's the middle of the season, but like I like that Giannis tries to be the best player in the court every t- every time he's on the court. Can't really say the same for something like a Middleton, right? Like Middleton is still upsy downsy when it comes to his injury. I don't think he's fully healthy right now, and we're making this list based off of like as of right now. I mean, I I know I said the KD thing, but like even if KD could come back early, I think he would perform a lot better than like a Middleton would perform early, right? If he wasn't fully healthy. Uh, but I, you know, I saw the likes of the Bucks losing to the Wizards. Um, I think they had just lost to the Cavs recently, uh, and the, they lost. They dropped one to Charlotte, and it's just like those are the games that, like, like all right, like if you're supposed to be this dominant of a team, like I feel like you can't lose to the Wizards and the Hornets. You know what I'm saying? And then the team that I replaced them with is the team that beat them. So they're still they're still at three seed right now, and mm-hmm. I think what you're seeing is just a lot of fatigue. I mean, if you're if you're this good every year for four years, five years straight, I don't know what how long their run's been. 
middle of the season of a regular middle of the regular season is going to start to drag. Guys are going to mm-hmm. kind of get lazy. I just think we're seeing a lot of fatigue out of them. Uh, when Middleton gets back and they start, you know, ramping up towards playoff time, I'm not too concerned. I, I still like the Bucks just because of Giannis, best player on the planet in my opinion, and you got to put him in the circle of trust. I actually added one more team from the East. <laughs> I don't feel, I don't feel great about it. Don't I, tell me you're picking Philly. I am. Oh my I God. I did that reluctantly. Like I don't feel great about saying Philly, but I think they're just in my circle of trust. Like I think because Embiid is so good. Right, if they if they can run the offense through Embiid and, and James Harden, you know, gives up some of that control to Embiid, they're just so good, Philly, that I could see them winning an NBA championship. They have Embiid, Harden, two very very good players. You know, Harden's fallen off a little bit. Maxi's good. Um, I I just I think with Embiid, you have to give them the benefit of the doubt that they could make a run, and they're a two seed right now. They've had a fantastic past couple weeks they're really coming into form now the talent wise i mean if you take Embiid, harden and maxi like i'm not saying that they don't have it to push it's it's the same thing that i have with dallas when it comes to the cowboys the philly just has something Some happen tank. every year it's not even so it's not hate like i i can't stay no, i said they got they got some sort of taint to them philly oh, i don't know taint, what it is yeah, exactly i just said hate but yeah that that's essentially what it is it's like something happens to philadelphia well, at least the 76ers every year that it's just like why like you you're usually one two or three seed you usually make the eastern conference finals and then you usually blow it in like three or four in for like four or five games why and it's like, that's why I can't put them up there. They're essentially like the Phoenix Suns for me, like great regular season team, but come playoffs and the Suns aren't even a good play regular season team right now, but like come playoffs, I just don't think that they can get over the hump. I think the year that they had um, been healthy, the year that he did the the pass yeah. um, where they had that they had the chance. Have you to, seen him play recently, team. by the way? Mm-mm. I've watched a few Nets games because it's one of the one of the league pass teams I like to watch. He hasn't recovered since then. He's he's still passing out of almost. You could lay up opportunities that either end with a bucket or a foul, and he's passing out of them still. It's bad. He's still not right. Gotcha. He's leading the team in in assists, so he's he's doing something to lead. Because he because he's because he, just, he passes up he shots. passes up so many shots. He's getting like <laughs> so six points the, a game. The Rondo assists. Rondo used to get twenty assists a game because he would fake a layup and then pass it up exactly. to Ray Allen for, for three. <laughs> yeah. I think the interesting thing though is like we we mentioned five teams. Of, of being in our circle of trust as far as like I mentioned four, you mentioned three different ones, but we have five between us. And I, I think we have to agree that those five teams you mentioned, it was what the Celtics, Bucks, Nets, Sixers, Cavs. Mm-hmm. Those five teams are in a class of their own above everyone else in the East. I mean, there are tiers within that, but everyone else in the East is kind of trash. Outside of the top five, there's really nothing that yeah. I could see happening for, for anybody in the East right now. So how many teams? So you had, what, three in the East? So you said you had five totals. You have two teams in the West that you believe could be NBA champions this year. Yeah, it's just because everything else is such a toss-up. So much stuff has to go a separate way for teams out West. I don't know if it's because the West is so, I can't even say talented. I feel like the West is weaker than the East. But the West has so many clumped together teams. Yeah, the East is very top-heavy. And then the yeah. West is like, there's a lot of good teams, a couple very good teams, but there's not a lot of bad teams in the West, I guess I would say. That's probably the the reason why it's hard for me to pick a championship team 
And the reason why I got these two teams is because of the players they have. You know, I got the Grizzlies as my number one just because essentially John Morant is like Allen Iverson back in the early 2000s. He can will the team to the finish line. I feel like he's going to be, he's the talent that can pull a team to, a, to the finals uh, just based off of his energy, what he brings to the game. Um, and then number two, even though I didn't really believe in them at the beginning of the season, you know, their point guard, Jamal Murray, has actually come back and played pretty well. Jokic is playing another MVP-style season. I got the Nuggets. The, the reason why I hesitate with the Nuggets, and I can't say that it's just one team in the Grizzlies, is because the, the, the Nuggets find ways to like just not complete their games in the playoffs. And, like, I, I love the fact that Jokic is still, like, an MVP-level style player, 30-10-10 type of player each night. Jamal Murray can get his. Get his. I don't know what happens to them. I don't pay attention to them in the West when it comes to the playoffs, but like something always happens. I feel like. Yeah, I think the past couple of years, especially last year, it's just depth. You know, you have Jokic, and then nobody else. There's been no Murray. Michael Porter Jr. has been gone, and then just the depth depth around them have been pretty bad. Uh, I have those two teams in another. Uh, the Grizzlies, like I think, you're selling them short by just mentoring John Morant because they have a ton of good players. Desmond Bain is a phenomenal player. I, I don't know how they got him. I think they didn't, they, they traded, traded nothing. Yeah, they traded like nothing for him. He's one of the best three-point shooters in the league, can play defense. And Jaron Jackson Jr. is a terror in the paint. Um, I think he's one of the leading depoy candidates right now. Gets this, He must be averaging almost two blocks a game. The team mm-hmm. just really good and deep. Like they, they don't have a ton of weaknesses. I have the Nuggets, and I think... A couple of things, right? You have Jamal Murray back, which helps a lot. And uh, Michael Porter Jr. is playing. He's he's healthy, but I'm, I'm always worried about his health because he seems to miss time every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then just shout out to Aaron Gordon, uh, former Magic great. He's usually like kind of whatever. Like he has a, a decent post game, but he doesn't contribute a lot elsewhere. He's been, he's having a career year for them. I think he's shooting like 60 mid 60s or low 60s from the field uh, just mm-hmm. it's just it's weird with the nuggets because in the past they've had everything on jokic and now he's having guys contribute around him which they're the one seed now because of it um and just one last thing on the nuggets before we move off them i think the special thing about the nuggets and jokic in particular is if you watch them play it's not the same formula every night with jokic like he's not doing 30 10 and 10 that might be his averages or close to it but some nights, five, ten, and nine. Okay, yeah, it's close to it. But yeah. some nights, Jokic will be like, "All right, I'm going to score forty points tonight. All right, tomorrow I'm going to get twenty assists." Like he can beat you beat in you so many ways. different ways, where it's really, really hard to game plan on the best way to stop them. And it seems like he's almost doing it at will. Like he just like deciding before the game, like, "Yeah, I think I'll get fifteen assists and just do it." Like it, it's just coming so easy to him, and it's crazy to think about Jokic. As potentially, he's he's the front runner for NBA MVP right now, and he would be if he won three in a row. Only the fourth player all time to win three back, like a three P MVP. The other two are Larry, other three are Larry Bird, Wilt Chamberlain, and Bill Russell. <laughs> like so all big men, all big men, but like all of the like three of the all time greats of all time, not just Hall of Famers greatest players of all time and i think what we're seeing like we're not even watching Jokic play but he he's already a hall of famer like he's a hall of fame player and he could he's he's trajectorying towards like one of the 
20 best players of all time if he keeps this up. So like if you have league pass, like just give it, give him a watch because like people are sleeping on this guy and you might look back and be like, Oh shit, I should have watched this guy. He's one of the greatest of all time. Um, he's the unicorn. Oh, my bad. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, he's the unicorn that we thought Chris Stapps Porzingis was going to be in New York. Like we thought that he was like, we were never going to see a seven footer that could shoot threes that could average triple double. And then Jokic was like, hold my beer. Um, so like, it's, it is incredible what he's doing out there. Again, th- from what I did look at, and again, I, I only was looking at the the Jokic stuff, but like they have five, play, four players that average over 15. So like you're saying, they are contributing. That's huge. And that's with, I think, KCP coming off the bench. That is phenomenal oh, as a pickup for them. Bones Highland's pretty good as a backup mm-hmm. point guard. Yep. So like they, they're making the right, they're making, they made the right decisions in the offseason to bring in some help for Jokic. Obviously, Aaron Gordon, second year on the team. Um, KCP coming over to to help out solidify that bench. Like they're doing those things that will help in the playoffs. It's a good team. Maybe it was, yeah. Well, maybe it was the depth thing that I wasn't really thinking of when it comes to why they always had like a you know first round exit or a second round like you know four to two series. Um, but come this season, like maybe they get over that hump. Well, what makes Jokic special is that he is the best passing big man of all time, hands down, and, and one of the best passers of all, all time, maybe. And if he's passing, it's a LeBron thing for passing to nobody. It's not going to end well. And now he's got help, and it, it looks so much better. Um, and my last team that I added to my circle of trust, and there's a big asterisk on it. And the asterisk is, if Zion is healthy, <laughs> the Pelicans. And I don't want to get caught up in it because I know you're going to lose your shit. I'm not going to go too crazy. The, so I, I I flirted with putting them there. And again, the reason why I didn't is because the same thing that I said at the beginning of the season, they're right when he's right. Yeah. And when he's not right, B.I. can get you wins. Um, I want to say C.J. McCollum is, is, helps that culture. He's good. Yeah, like he helps them be a top four seed in the, in, in the West. Zion gets you over the top. Without him and, you know, just looking at it right now, what's he played? I got... At least twelve missed, fifteen missed games. That's it right there, right? He should it's be like, coming back soon, though. Soonish should be, but like that's fifteen missed games. What happens if this gets closer to the playoffs? Yeah, game? like that's why I can't trust that. That's not the Kevin Durant, right? Kevin Durant is it just happened? He's coming back type of injury. Zion's year after year after year. Something he's missing time. Well, that's my my asterisk is if Zion does not miss any more time from this point on, like I feel very strongly that the Pelicans can compete like they they wouldn't be the favorite but they could find themselves in the finals and compete for a championship yeah it's just a hard task to ask when you have zion williamson as the kicker when it comes to injuries All right, let's get out of here. We'll get into our closing takes in a moment. I feel like uh, last week we had a, a shortened show. It was less than an hour, which is like one of our shortest of all time. And I feel like we're going to break the record with the longest show of all time. Now. <laughs> Definitely might break it. Uh, let's get into the last one, shall we? The show is coming to an end. But first, it's time to get to anything we've missed. It's closing time. One segment, two takes. All 
All right, closing time. It's just the kind of time where we can, uh, it's a long show. We don't get to cover everything we want to cover. It's just last kind of takes for each of us on the day. I'm going to make mine short. Uh, we just talked basketball a second ago. Um, surprising team this year. Just blowing my mind. Oklahoma City Thunder. They're usually thought of as a laughing stock of the league. Dumpster fired. Tankathon. Uh, they're one game out of the play-in right now. Uh, playing really, really well. They actually have a good young core with uh, SGA. Probably the most improved player candidate. Um, Josh Giddy's looking really good. And uh, Chet Holmgren not even playing yet. So I feel like there are turning points in franchises in the NBA where like they flip the switch and like we're good now. And I think that we're seeing in front of our eyes that OKC has flipped the switch and... I don't think they're going to be picking the lottery for a very long time after this year. That's a, that's actually a really good point. Um, you, you hate to be in that mediocrity area. They're they're going to push for playoffs and whatnot. So I, I could see that being a good thing for them. Um, and they 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 have the foundation, right? They have the foundational players that can get them over the hump if they do decide to like, hey, let's let's buy a piece. That can get us into the playoffs, right? Let's not sell too much assets, but let's buy a piece because they they have draft picks. Still. They still have the capital for it if they want to try to go get an old vet that can t- oh. try, essentially like a CJ McCollum style player. Not to mention they have a ton of Houston Rockets picks. I know if everyone mm-hmm. forgot about that trade, the, the Chris Paul for um, jo- was it John Wall Chris Paul trade? Or- yep. Uh, I think they have the Rockets pick next year in the 2026. And we all know what the Rockets are doing right now. So, man, it's it's paying off for uh, OKC right now. They're looking good. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a really good point for it. Um, what I was going to go in was just, you know, quickly with the NFL talk. Um, season's dwindling down, and I know that somebody had poked about it. I think it might have been last week when it comes to draft time. I know that we don't want to talk too much into draft and whatnot because we still got quite some time to go. Um, but something that's very curious, and I'd like to get your take on it real quick, is the whole Justin Fields situation for Chicago. You know, I've, I've flirted with a lot of people saying that, like, they might think about um, trading that pick, but they could also trade that pick and Fields to get, like, a haul like the Dolphins got and reset their timer. I think it's a bad idea. You know, I think you have the guy. It, it's a lot harder to find that guy in the draft. Like you had said, when, you know, you throw darts against the board and you might find something, you might not. I think Fields is proving that he proved that he could be the number one if you just get him some help. I just don't like the idea that's being flirted out there that you can trade, a, you know, Fields and your number one overall pick to try to get pieces and then hope to find a quarterback. Well, I mean that this is a conversation that is going to be tough to end the show with because I could we can go on forever on this one. Mm-hmm. I was I laughed at the idea of trading away Fields and drafting a quarterback with number one pick, and I heard a little bit more about the philosophy behind it, and it makes a little bit more sense. The idea is that any middle of the road to better quarterback gets paid, right? Gets paid a lot of money, and. Obviously, it's a salary cap sport, so you're hamstrung at that point where you can't pay other positions. You're looking at Fields. He's going to year three. You're going to have to pay him in a couple of years, right? Are you close to being ready to win yet? No, not at all. So what you're going to end up by doing is you're going to be mediocre and then get hamstrung by this quarterback contract, which could be like $35, $30 million a year. The philosophy is trade away Fields now, reset that timer, get the pieces around your quarterback, 
keep the quarterback on a cheap rookie quarterback deal and you're going to be in a good place from a team perspective. I am not sold on fields. Maybe as other people are, right? Like the a lot of his success has been on the ground. Like one of the greatest running seasons for a quarterback we've ever he has seen. He to run for his life in Chicago though. I know, but like, do you feel like he is going to be like that dude, top 10 quarterback? But like, have you seen enough of sample side? Like, yeah, he's a top 10 quarterback. I should hitch my wagon to him full time. No, because there's nothing in Chicago that's around him. We were having this again. This might be a tabled conversation for for, yeah, for another, another time. time. But it's one of those things where, look, we we saw the success, and we can end it on this one. We saw the success that Philadelphia and Cincinnati took with quarterbacks that don't have the strongest arm. They may not be the best, you know, physical specimens out there, but they can play the quarterback position. And Philadelphia went out and they got running back in Miles Sanders. They went and got AJ Brown. They also got another receiver for um for for the quarterback. Ah, uh, came from Alabama, Devontae Smith. Cincinnati went out and got T. Higgins the same year that they drafted Burrow. They got Chase the year after that and have Mixon in the backfield. What are the Browns gonna do? What are the Ravens gonna do? Right. And it's like we saw we saw the timer, if you're gonna say reset for a team, because they got the pieces around the quarterback as opposed to go get the pieces and then try to find the quarterback. Yeah, I guess like if you're not if you're not sold in the quarterback, I I don't know if they're sold like they I don't see enough Justin Fields day to day to know have a strong opinion. Um if you're not 100% sold, like it doesn't it's not a dumb idea to maybe um reset everything, right? I'm not saying they should do that. I'm just to 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 shit on the idea of like to not to shit on the idea of considering it seems kind of like silly where you should at least consider it. Like if you can get a haul and it's worth it for you, then at least consider it. Um, and then just another, just point, like if you're, if you're that sold on Justin Fields, like he's that guy. And if you're that guy, it's really hard to have your team be that bad and finish in as the worst record, right? Because usually you can will your team to some wins and it didn't happen. I know it's a, a silly argument because I don't think quarterback... Like what Trevor Lawrence did. I know you were going to fucking say that. I knew you were going to say that. We can get out of here on that one because I was waiting for you to bring that I up. I knew. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, hey, thanks for watching, listening. There are some people watching that watched for the entire hour and 30-plus minutes. I, we appreciate y'all. Um, thank you, Hip Hop Anonymous, uh, in the chat for contributing to the show. Always appreciate the feedback and the comments. Um, but, uh, hey, remember, rate... Subscribe, review to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. We'll catch you next week, D. Get them out of here. Take care of y'all bread. Take care of y'all mentals. Take care of y'all physicals. Take care of y'all chicken, y'all children. Y'all be safe out there. We love y'all. Peace.